Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back for our number three of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, along with the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Glad to be back with my buddy Jim Day, at least for a day. And uh, Short Angle producing our show, uh, keeping us flying straight. And uh, so how upset are you, uh, Jim, about the news about uh, Tim Tebow? (laughs) <laughs> hey, look, I, I got nothing against Tim Tebow. And, you know, I, I hate to hear that he's injured and going to miss the rest of the season. But from what I heard, he wasn't really involved in all, you know, all the games anyway. From what I heard, I think he was only playing on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, no, I'm serious. I, I think he had other no, commitments it's possible, during the week. Uh, really? Yeah. So he was a part-time player. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, look, when you're in the minor leagues, I mean, what are you you're getting paid a couple hundred bucks a game, if that? Mm. Yeah. If you can make more and money elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, like you mentioned, man, the Mets, man, just super hot, winning 14 out of 15. And, uh, you know, this is an important part of their schedule because uh, they had been beating up on the Marlins. And now they're uh, playing the Nats this weekend. And, uh, Big game the, last the night, too. The, yeah, uh, Michael, a shirtless Michael Conforto uh, on the back page of the New York Post. So, hey, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, but uh, kudos to the Mets. <laughs> well, you, you know? know what? It, it's got that feel of, you know, uh, of a team that just wants it all of a sudden. And I, I don't know why and don't know how. But, you know, when when you're playing against a better team, you're supposed to beat them. That's how you get better, mm-hmm. and that's how you move up the rankings. And, you know, going against the Nats last night, losing 6-3 to three and the, going into the bottom of the ninth and pulling out the win is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just a half a game out of the wild card. So, uh, like you said, I, I believe they do have the best record in baseball since the All-Star break. So, uh, yeah. Take that, Good Yankee fans. Uh, for them. Yeah. We're going to get, get a Subway series again. You guys are going down. <laughs> Just Look when I thought that, I man. was out, they dragged me back in. <laughs> uh, it's going to be uh, uh, hard to uh, keep the Dodgers out of the World Series again. They're the best uh, record percentage-wise in baseball, 77 and 40. So, yeah. But, but I digress. So we were talking a little Zeke Elliott before. And uh, the, the only issue I have with Zeke is that I guess if I'm, a, if I'm a team and I'm like the Cowboys, and, yeah, you have to pay him just because he's such an important piece of that offense. But uh, this guy just uh, just continuously seems to put himself in, 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 in bad situations, you know. So uh, I guess that's the only scary part. Well, it is, yeah. His, his decision-making process hasn't always been great. I grant you that. Um, and he's probably, you know, one flub away from missing a good portion of a season. Uh, there's always mm-hmm. that, and I'm a little leery yeah. of those kind of guys in dynasty leagues. But in a redraft league, you right. take that shot, you run with it. Uh, could it blow up in your face? Absolutely. But again, it could happen with any player out there. In a dynasty league, if you could work out a, a favorable deal, you know, once he signs and, and plays, of course, because you're not going to be able to trade him now. But uh, is, is that a thought in the back of your head if you're playing in a dynasty league? Like, you know, I might as well get out while I can. <laughs> You know, I do that with with all those kind of players that have off field issues. I don't really like mm-hmm. having them in dynasty again because they're one or two flubs away from missing either a full season or possibly more. 
You know, I feel that way mm-hmm. about Le'Veon Bell, you know, about Zeke, and a, a few other players that fall under Fournette, that same maybe. header. Leonard Fournette? Um, yeah, Fournette is definitely another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him, you have the two eyes, injury, injury and idiocy. Um, so absolutely, right. <laughs> I agree with you there. Very good. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely places like that that I, I try to stay away from in Dynasty because I, I do want those guys that are going to be more team-oriented and, you know, going to be steady players. You don't really have to worry about suspensions, you know, on on a, as big a basis as you do with some players, and I do try to stay away from them. There you go. There you go. Uh you know, we'll talk about Melvin Gordon in a second because we spoke about Elliott and Gordon, obviously, the another, uh, you know, primetime player who's who's uh, involved in a holdout. And I'm interested to get your take on that. But since we're talking about troubled players and whatnot, uh, we we did talk about the, the Browns briefly. But uh, Antonio Callaway, uh, four game suspension. This guy has been in and out of trouble for a long time. <laughs> you know? well, not only that, uh, now he's so- dealing with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so so talk to me about, well, first of all, he wasn't really going to be, this is a weird story because, you know, he comes into camp out of shape, uh, you know, a guy, a big playability. Like I said, you know, problems dating back all the way to to college. So, uh, you know, talk about the effect on the the Browns. I, I mean, who could step up here? Oh, the guy who's already been making a splash and a guy that's shown flashes in, in recent years and in, in other teams, and that's Rashard Higgins. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. by all accounts, he's been having a great camp anyway. Uh, you know, and he's really involved in that passing game, had a good preseason game, and, you know, they're ready to roll with him. Callaway had a lot of issues last year, and I'm not talking off the field issues. He had concentration issues that right. led to a lot of drop balls, uh, wrong routes run, not being able to read the defense. There were a lot of them. Now, he did come into camp out of shape and had a bad start to the camp, but then he seemed to turn it around. It was playing a little better. And then, of course, comes out and they must have probably known about it by then that he was going to be suspended because the teams do know before we get to hear it. Right. And so they knew that was happening. He started playing with the second and third teams basically because uh, they knew he was going to sit out the first four weeks anyway. And now he's dealing with high ankle sprain, which could be the ultra high ankle sprain, which could mean he could even miss more than those first four weeks. So it's very possible Mm -hmm. Higgins is the guy now that's going to step right into that role. My problem with that is if, you know, you got OBJ on one side, you got Landry in the other, and you got Chubb, who they're saying is going to get more involved in the passing game. If all of that comes to fruition and they all stay healthy, I just don't see a lot being left over for Higgins. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, all right. So what do we uh, give back to uh, uh, Belvin Gordon? So th- you were kind of intimating that um, – this could be a little different than the whole Ezekiel Elliott situation. This absolutely could. Uh, Gordon seems to want to stick his heels in the mud, and he's going to fight for every inch. He wants to get paid more than $10 million that they've already offered him. But, you know, the charges, they don't bend on things like this. They're not going to bend. They made him an offer that they think is a fair offer that really gets him up there in level of pay. And, you know, talking about a guy who's had knee issues ever since college, uh, and, it, you know, it's shown up pretty much every year where he misses a couple of games because of it. He's got a lot of wear and tear on his tires. And I just don't think they want to pay more than that. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to. So it really comes down to whether or not Gordon is going to bend and come back in or sit out. Now, he swears he's not going to bend. He swears he's he's going to sit out if he has to. And look... I'm sure if he's been smart with his money, he should have more than enough money not to have to worry about it if he doesn't want to. So it's very Mm -hmm. possible here that these two stubborn sides don't come to an agreement here. I think the Chargers are fine rolling uh, along with uh, uh, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. I think they can win. They think they can win with those guys if they have to. And I think this is just, you know, everybody keeps saying the, the trend over the last couple of years is RBs don't matter. RBs don't matter. Well, what I think the trend really is, is that RBs won't get paid that second, that next big contract. I think teams are going to bring in the rookies, run them for four or five years, depending on what round they get taken. Of course, if they play and get picked in the first round, they get that optional fifth year. 
They're going to run him to death over those years, and then they're going to let him walk and start the whole process again, unless those guys are ultra studs with no no history and injury histories or anything like that. Anybody else, mm-hmm. I think, is just going to become cannon cannon fodder. You you play those mm-hmm. games. You know, take as much out of him as you can. You move him on. You get the next young guy. You do the same thing just so you don't have to pay that next big contract to running backs when you can use that money to solidify other positions. So I think this is going to be the growing trend. Unless you're a super stud, you're going to get your first four years in with the original team, and then you're going to be fighting free agency to get that next contract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, the uh, fact that Gordon was was asked to be traded? Do you think that there's any chance that uh, the uh, the Chargers would? I mean, we were talking last week, uh, uh, Blewett and uh, Kurtz and I, about the possibility of Gordon having been traded to the Texans. But obviously now uh, with Duke Johnson, I don't think that's going to be happening. But uh, do you think that the Chargers would entertain uh, getting something back for Gordon? I think they weren't entertain it. I'm just not sure anybody's going to offer it because not only do, mm-hmm. does another team have to offer what it takes just to get Gordon, then they got to pony up another big contract because he's still going to mm-hmm. want to sign a 12 or $13 million contract a year. And, again, he has knee injuries. He's got a lot of wear and tear. I'm just not sure other teams are going to want to pay that much for an aging veteran no matter how good he is. Right. Uh, yeah, so you're right. You're going to need to find a team that has a lot of cap space, and the, the Texans did have some some cap space. But uh, you, that's a you good know that point. that could all change with one drastic injury in, in training camp and preseason. You know, if a team <laughs> loses their starter, or you know, if Zeke just says, "You know what, I'm done," and you know has to go, then that could change. Maybe somebody ponies up at that point. But as it stands right now, I can't see anybody wanting to make a trade for him. All right. Okay. So, so, how do you think this ends up? Do, do you think do you think that this holdout? I think he uh, holds out. On into, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance that he could hold out uh, well into the season, and for that reason mm-hmm. alone, I, I've been definitely staying away from him. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, since we're talking uh, running backs, and we had kind of teased this in the past, why don't we take a look at some of the um, a couple of the rookies? So let's start with the. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Let's shuffle off to Buffalo. And uh, talk a little to Devin Singletary. So, yeah, the, the Bills backfield, uh, you have uh, T.J. Yeldon, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, and uh, Devin Singletary. So, uh, you know, T.J. Yeldon, uh, I find when you look at his stats that uh, he plays well in spurts. But uh, given the, you know, and I, I, you know, given the uh, opportunity to get a lot of carries, his per carry average drops. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Frank Gore is the ageless wonder, <laughs> right? Uh, and LaShawn McCoy uh, seems like, he, you know, I think it's fair to say that he's at the tail end of his career. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, kind of like uh, Devin Singletary, where you could get him later in drafts as a guy that could emerge by the end of the season as a, a guy who could be the number one cog uh, in this backfield. Like I, I like Singletary, absolutely. Uh, the problem with Singletary and, and, you know, getting that late round value from him is that that's also where LaShawn McCoy is going. <laughs> McCoy mm-hmm. is lasting on, on draft boards until the 11th and 12th round because people just mm-hmm. aren't buying in after the bad season he had last year. So Devin Singletary, absolutely, his future is key on what happens with McCoy. Now, there's a lot of people out there that speculate McCoy won't be with Buffalo to start this season. And it's, right. you know, it could very well be that. Uh, they do like Singletary. He's shown that I think he could do the job, especially when you have somebody like Frank Gore there who can absolutely pick up whatever pieces you need him to. He's still that good of running back, even at 36. He showed last year that he can still run in this league and run it quite well. He's not a fantasy asset at this point. But the fact of the matter is, for NFL purposes, he does a fine job, and he's a great backup to have. Just the mentorship alone, the leadership he brings, all of that stuff is a very big positive, especially to a young team like Buffalo. So, you know, that's there. T.J. Yeldon hasn't had a great camp, didn't have great OTAs. There's a very good chance he doesn't make this roster, even though I like him. 
So I think he's going to end up finding a spot somewhere. I'm just not sure it's going to be in Buffalo. I do like Singletary. If he doesn't start the year as a season as a starter, I think there's a chance at some point in the season that he ends up taking that job. And because I do think he's explosive, he gives you a little bit of everything you need him to do. And uh, I think he does it well. So I, I have grabbed a lot of shares of Singletary. And as a matter of fact, in one draft I did last night, I actually took Singletary ahead of McCoy. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to tell you right yeah. there. It's about, you know, yeah. putting your mouth, your money where your mouth is and doing what you're saying. You know, I, I try to mm-hmm. tell people that all the time. I tell you what, what guys I like. And I'm, when I get into a draft, I'm for the most part, I'm taking the guys that I tell you I'm going to take. And I try to stand true to my word that way. Mm-hmm. So who do you think has a better chance of being on the team uh, week one? Uh, it sounds like you, you think that McCoy has a better shot of being on that roster. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, uh, you know, TJ Yeldon and LaShawn McCoy, uh, do you think there's a chance that both of them are on that starting roster? Or who, who do you think has a better chance of, of uh, getting cut before the season starts? Well, I think Yeldon has a better chance of getting cut. I, I don't think. Buffalo cuts McCoy. If they can make a deal and get something out of him at this point, I think they take mm-hmm. that route. Uh, even if it's a fifth-round pick, I think they jump at it at this point. Uh, they should have done it last year at the, the trading deadline, but, of course, they didn't. He's still in our plans. I'm just not sure that really you know, stands now after they went out and picked up three running backs in the offseason. Yeah. I'm a little pissed off at uh, LaShawn McCoy because, uh, and uh, you know what, uh, I don't ever wish anything bad on, on someone, but I hope he gets cut because he ruined the end of Avengers uh, Endgame for me. Well, don't even talk about yeah, that because I haven't out. seen it yet. <laughs> All right, well, then uh, stay away from, uh, you know, I don't even follow LaShawn McCoy, but I guess someone retweeted something that he said about the movie, and it, it kind of uh, spoiled yeah. the ending. And I'm a little ticked well, I didn't see it, it, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Are you, uh, you you're a Marvel movie guy? Do you like those movies? Oh, yeah, I love their movies. I love those movies, absolutely. Anything mm-hmm. that, you know, gets me away from reality for an hour and a half to two hours is great by me. Uh, makes sense uh, why you're a fantasy uh, analyst, no? Yeah, absolutely. Getting away from reality. <laughs> but, uh, okay, yeah, so we're in, we're in agreement about Devin Singletary. So I uh, also want to talk, and uh, we'll talk about it on the other side, is uh, the uh, fantasy impact of uh, David Montgomery, Bears uh, running back. So, the you know, obviously Tariq Cohen's still there, Jordan Howard gone, uh, Mike Davis still uh, with the Bears. Uh, not still with the Bears, but they signed him in the, in the offseason. So uh, I want to get your take on uh, David Montgomery. Uh, got a lot more. We get fantasy update. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Go Okay. Sean Engel. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Sports Radio Network. I like Joan Jett. I love Joan Jett, too. I mean, literally love Joan Jett. I would divorce my wife for Joan Jett. (laughs) I think uh, she's she's still touring, which is great. Yeah, she's been constantly touring for years. Yeah, and uh, I think she's. Uh, I gotta find out. I, I don't know if it already passed, but I know she's been at the uh, the local Staten Island St. George Theater. It's one of these old theaters. Really nice place to see. A concert, I've actually so. been there. Yeah, yeah, you like it, right? Oh yeah, it's old great, fashioned kind of great place, place yeah, yeah, to yeah. see music. Yeah. Absolutely, the acoustics yeah. in yeah. that hall are outstanding. Yes, 
Uh, and uh, you'd be surprised with some of the the acts that they get, you know, to come out there. I don't know if Brian Wilson at one point, and uh, uh, Pat Benatar. You like Pat Benatar from back in the day? I love Pat Benatar. My wife and I have seen her at least five or six times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I'm not sure if that just passed or whatnot, or it's coming up real soon, but I think she'll be playing the St. George Theater in Staten Island. So, nice. All right. So there you go. So um, Staten Island is a nice, nice place, but it holds you for ransom. You got to pay to get on and off. Oh my God! I think if you don't have, if you're not a resident using Easy Pass, like me as a Staten Island resident, to cross over the Verrazano Bridge, I believe it's a little less than six bucks. And well, that's I, not I bad. Say I believe. Yeah, yeah. I say I believe because you know, with this, with this Easy Pass, and you attach a credit card to it, you, you kind of you never to know. Even look at it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Actually, at one point, I, I, the, the one time I did look, they were they were overcharging me, so they gave me like two years back of what they had overcharged me, but whatnot. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah. If you're a non-resident and crossing over that bridge, I think it's up to nineteen dollars now. Yeah, something like that. Eighteen, nineteen bucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. And I like it, but not that from much. New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, coming in from New Jersey, uh, it's. I don't think it's nineteen bucks, but it's it's pretty high up there. So yes, it uh, is. Cost of living in this uh, great metropolitan area we live in, real crazy. So, um, all right. Well, let's get back to uh, the uh, reality that is fantasy. And I had teased a little bit of uh, the uh, Chicago Bears backfield. We've been talking to some some running backs of late. So. Uh, yeah, David Montgomery uh, picked up by the uh, the uh, Bears this season. Bears actually traded up to, to get David Montgomery. So I'm looking at their their depth chart, uh, Jim Day. Mike Davis, uh, David Montgomery. Of course, then you have uh, Tariq Cohen, dynamic back. How do you think this all shakes out? And, and you know, the, what do we do with Mike Davis in terms of drafts? Is, is this another situation that you think that maybe by season's end – David Montgomery might be like uh, the de facto number one guy here. I mean, I, I, I can't see Tariq Cohen going anywhere. I mean, kind of you know, the you know the dynamic part of his game uh, is, is a big part of uh, Bears' offense. No, Tariq Cohen isn't going anywhere. He may see a slight downtick in touches, but he's not going anywhere. He's a big play guy. They know it. It fits into what they want to do. He's not going anywhere. Mike Davis gives them good depth. But he really is going to need Montgomery getting hurt to get on the field for anything significant, any kind of significant mm-hmm. playing time. They brought him over because they knew they were getting rid of Howard. And just in case they couldn't get the back they wanted in the draft, that <coughs> excuse me, folks, that uh, they would have somebody that could fill that role. And, you know, he could. He showed us last year that he's got the chops to be a guy who could play the early down role. He can catch passes. He can do a little bit of everything that way. And he's good. So they put him over for depth. They got the guy they wanted in Montgomery. And right now, to me, David Montgomery is my top pick to be the offensive rookie of the year. I think this kid is going to oh, take the number okay. one job right from the get-go. Uh, in week mm-hmm. one and go with it. He does everything. He can catch the ball. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can pick up the blitz when needed. You know, he does it all. Uh, so I absolutely agree. Think that this guy, I like him over Josh Jacobs. I would take him before I would take Josh Jacobs, just because I still have a little bit of concern with Josh Jacobs. I don't have any concern with David Montgomery. Every time he touches the ball, every time he touches the field, he proves that. If you go and look at any of his plays, look at any clips you can find out there the man is just a beast he's going to become a great running back in the nfl and i think he's going to be the rookie of the year yeah i'm looking at his adp based on that and it's a typical 12 team league get him in the fourth fifth round uh, i think that's fair value for him you think he's going to outplay that before season's end i think he, he should be picked in the second round uh to be honest i think he has that kind of value so getting him in the fourth or fifth i think is outstanding mm-hmm. value um I'm, I'm going to float this one one thought process at you. Um, sure, when I look sure. at the when I look at the running backs that are con- currently going in the second round and even in the thir- early third round, each mm-hmm. and every one of them has a major concern. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll start with Great Dalvin point. Cook. Um, hasn't mm-hmm. stayed on the field long enough to be a factor yet in two seasons. Todd Gurley. Well, we got the knee. I still believe in him, but 
there's a chance that I could be wrong. I was wrong once. Mm-hmm. It could be the second time. I don't know. Um, that was back Nick in 72, Chubb. right? You were wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Chubb. Look, I love Nick Chubb in, in the first half of the year. I really love him. But when Hunt comes back, there's a good chance they take a lot off of Chubb's plate just to keep him healthy for the playoff run they envision they're going to have. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And they really don't have anything more invested in Hunt than this season. And they could easily have him running a number of plays just to put a, a showcase on so they could try and trade him and get something back for him. That's good. So definitely a concern there. Uh, Melvin Gordon's still in that range. And right now he's absolutely concerned. Damian Williams, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Is he's never done it over a full 16-game season. Heck, he's never done it for more than five games. Will he stand right. up? We just don't know. Carry on Johnson had some injuries last year. Uh, Leonard Fournette has had injuries every year. Aaron Jones had some injuries last year. Plus, is he really going to be the number one? There's a lot of people out there that think Dexter Williams is going to take that role. I'm not one of them, but there are people that think that. Um, so that puts that in. Marlon Mack had injuries last year. Derrick Henry, will they use him like they did at the end of the season, or will they use him like they did at the beginning of the season? We just don't know. Is Devontae the boot Freeman. Off? <laughs> yeah, right. No, the boot, boot is off. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae okay, Freeman right. uh, coming off a, a, a almost fully missed year because of injuries. All of these guys in that range are now what I consider the quicksand of running backs. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, they look nice on paper. The names are good. You know, there's some stats that point that these guys could be good running backs, but every single one of them has issues. So it's gotten to be the point where I'm looking at that second, early down, third round, and I'm thinking, you know what? I want a stud running back in round one, and then I want to come back and get two wide receivers in two and three and get away from all that quicksand. Right, right. Yeah, there's even qu- great, great analysis, uh, Jim. There's even question marks in the, in the first round, too. I mean, if you really want uh, to talk, I mean, uh, Le'Veon Bell took a year off. How is that going to affect him? Now, to tell you the truth, I've been warming up to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, from what I understand, he came into camp in tremendous shape. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you also have a, a, a head coach who I'm sure he's going to use him the right way, but didn't want him. <laughs> you know, yeah, really. uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, who's just in, in, the, in the beginning uh, of the second round. Uh, he's got issues with his offensive line. Now, I happen to love Joe Mixon, but you, ha- you have to take that offensive line into consideration. Young yeah, enough, they just lost another guy that for a little it. while. Yeah, that that, yeah. That, in, yeah. that offensive line is definitely becoming the concern for me because they have definitely yeah, have yeah. some issues there. Uh, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how it plays out. And losing Jonah Williams, the rookie that they had for the year, is absolutely going to mm-hmm. hurt them. That would have been a great addition to that offensive line. So without him there, right. I mean, they have to go back to Cordy Glenn. And he's okay, but he's definitely nothing that stands out. Right, right. Yeah, so so you're right. That I mean, there's just a lot of question marks up and down in terms of, uh, you know, the, these running backs. Uh, to me, one of the safest, you know, no one even talks about him anymore because he's almost like an, an automatic is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, especially in PPR leagues, obviously we know what he could do. But, uh, I mean, do you even hear anyone mention his name? <laughs> sure, there's a lot of people out there that think he should be the number one. So yeah, there's some people naming yeah, yeah. him that way. But meanwhile, the yeah. team is saying, but, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna take his touches down." Uh, you know, his, but they his, said that last year his, too. Yeah, his yeah. snaps down. They say they're not gonna mm-hmm. take away his you know his plays. They're just gonna limit his snaps. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I'm you know take it for what it's worth. But you know, coach speak early on could be. You know, it, it, look, again, it really comes down to it's a smart move NFL-wise. If you have such a great running back, you want to keep him healthier for longer periods right. of time, for longer, you know, more years than you would worry about. So you do want to give him some some breaks here and there. You want to bring in somebody else to, you know, not put so much pressure on his plate right from the get-go. No reason a, a rookie running back or even, a, you know, a young running back should be looking at uh, almost 400 touches each year. Right, right. Uh, where do you stay with James Conner? Who uh, I like Conner. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over mm-hmm. Conner. Look, he his numbers last year before the injury were better than Le'Veon Bell's in any year that Bell was with Pittsburgh. His numbers were mm-hmm. better across the board. Every part of his game was better than Le'Veon Bell's was. And look, I, I agree. Right. Le'Veon Bell is a good running back. But I have concerns about Bell, and I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, James Conner, everybody – 
<clears throat> bought into it when he said, oh, yeah, no, we got a lot of good backs on the team and everybody's going to play their role and, you know, we're all going to mix it up. And everybody said, oh, my God, they're going to have a committee. No. <laughs> Slow your roll. Um, it's not going to be right. a committee. Connor is still going to be the main back. He's going to do most of the work. They'll get Jalen Samuels involved, but the way they'll get him involved is in the passing game. They'll get him involved. Right. They'll move him into the slot. They'll even move him outside at some point. This is a kid that can catch the ball no matter where you place him, and he's a playmaker that way. So they'll get him involved in that, but they're not going to do it at the expense of James Connor. As, as long as Connor is healthy on field, he's going to be their bell cow back, the guy that they go to. I'm not worried about what Samuels does to him. I'm definitely not worried about Benny Snell at this point uh, that some people, oh, Benny Snell is there now. He's a great running back. He's going to take over. He's not taking over. He's not taking over at no, all. James Conner is the guy. He's going to be the guy as long as he's on the field. And I am not worried about it. And I am taking James Conner over Le'Veon Bell because of the system he is in. Look, Le'Veon Bell is going to a team with an offensive line that isn't anywhere near as good as Pittsburgh's. Although they have made mm -hmm. a couple of play pickups last week, uh, in including getting Ryan Khalil, uh, which is a good pickup for them to improve that offensive line. But you have a couple problems here. First, Le'Veon Bell is a runner who likes to take his time to find the holes. He likes to work behind the offensive line until he finds that hole he wants to go hit it. When you have a good offensive line, you can do that. When you don't have a good offensive line, you can't do that. By the time you're trying to make up your mind which hole to hit, they're hitting you. Um, and so mm -hmm. you need to be much more decisive behind a bad offensive line than you do a good offensive line. So that's number one. Right. Number two is we're talking about, you know, the Jets were like 26th in offense last year, 26th in, in touchdown scored, all of that. You know who was worse? Miami. You know who was the head coach in Miami? Adam Gaze. Who's the head coach <laughs> of the Jets now? Adam Gaze. He ran the least amount of offensive plays in the league last year in Miami. I don't like taking a running back on a team that's going to run so few plays that early in a draft. Mm -hmm. Wow. Great stuff. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, you know, in terms of uh, you mentioned with Benny Snell. Benny Snell is not taking over this uh, this backfield in Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, they're, they're talking about uh, 26 yards on 13 carries uh, last night, uh, two catches for 25 yards. So, I mean, it's only one game, but uh, I could see him having a role just to, you know, keep Connor fresh. Tiny, tiny. Uh, down the yeah, yeah, Tiny. yeah. Just to keep uh, Connor's <laughs> stretch. <laughs> small, right? Small? Yeah, not, very not small. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I like your take on uh, Le'Veon Bell in terms of uh, what you said about Adam Gase and how, uh, you know, how he runs his offenses. So, good stuff. I mean, uh, he basically kept uh, Kenyon Drake buried, right, L last, year, last year. And that's another well, interesting Well, Le'Veon Bell isn't no Kenyon Drake. I'm not going to say that. I mean, there were reasons he of kept not. Drake. Of course You know, not. he had Gore doing what Gore does. And, of course. You know, I get that. Of course. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, I, I just can't invest that heavily in Bell in this offense yet. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll own up to it. I'm okay with that. But mm -hmm. right now, I, I – He's going. Some guys are taking him, you know, at the fifth, sixth pick, and that's just I can't do it. In the second round, I'll consider it. In the first round, I just can't. Right. I prefer him late first round, uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm I'm warming up to him a little bit. But now you got me thinking because you you brought up a very good point uh, about his usage. So hey, so hey, since we're talking uh, a little uh, uh, Steelers. Uh, James Washington and uh, had a nice game. Four catches, 84 yards, touchdown, nice uh, a leaping grab. Uh, of course, we talked about Antonio Brown earlier. He's gone. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously the, uh, the number one guy there. Dante Moncrief, James Washington. Other than Juju Smith-Schuster, and I'll ask you a side question about uh, Smith-Schuster. How do you think that he reacts to uh, being the number one guy there in terms of uh, you know, having to face the number one corners on uh, opposing teams? And uh, how do you think that James Washington, another second-year uh, wide receiver, what do you expect out of him this season? Okay, I'll start with Juju Smith. Uh, you know, there's people out there touting him as the number one wide receiver this year. I'm not buying it. Um, I'm not saying he won't be wow. a good one or even great one. I, yeah, I do think he has that in him. 
Um, I, I love the fact that he's so down to earth and he interacts with fantasy people. I love that aspect. Yeah. Of him. He's, he, you know, he, mm-hmm. everybody else is arriving into training camp and, you know, hot air balloons and, you know, uh, drinks trucks. And he comes in his nondescript car and walks in the side door with no fanfare. I love that kind of guy. <laughs> right. um, so I, I'm really into that. It is going to be an issue to see whether he can stand up to the number one. But I think he will. And I think he'll do it more on sheer volume than anything else because he will become mm-hmm. a vacuum uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. Now, will Ben throw it? You know, 640 times again this year? That's the question. He threw it the most last year than he's done in any other year in his career. And if that trend mm-hmm. continues, then absolutely Juju is going to be in the top five wide receivers and should be in that conversation. Um, outside of Juju, I like Dante. I like Moncrief. I think Moncrief is just, at this point in their careers, a better receiver than James Washington is. He's more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. He understands the game better. He's got a little bit more seasoning. And I know he hasn't really knocked the the sheets off at anywhere he's been. And that includes working with Andrew Luck. So it's not like you could say, oh, he's finally got a good quarterback. He was with a good quarterback and really wasn't doing it. But that was when he was young. He's learned from them. And I just don't think James Washington's ready to step into that number two role yet. But I do think that he will make some splash plays, get some good things going. Great stuff for the Fantasy Task. We'll be right back with more Weekend Fantasy Update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Disco happening in the air. All right, folks, the 2019-2020 NFL season is here, and you can become the eighth person to win a million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. Or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing Daily Fantasy Sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're just doing it wrong. Head on over and check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering, or get access to all of them with their Daily Roto Elite Package. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code ACTION. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. There you go. DailyRoto.com, indispensable in terms of uh, creating your uh, DFS lineups. Great, great tool. And they're making millionaires. I love that tool, man. I I played with that tool so Mm -hmm. much last year. It wasn't funny. I can't wait Mm -hmm. to start playing with it again. There you go. There you go. And uh, we mentioned earlier in the show that it is National Garage Sale Day. You know what else uh, <laughs> uh, there, Jim? It's it's National S'mores Day. Are you a s'mores guy? Ooh, I like s'mores. <laughs> I like s'mores. I like chocolate. I like s'mores. There you go. There you go. Yeah. How, how uh, could you not like s'mores? You got graham crackers. You got marshmallows. You got chocolate. You got fire. That's a great combination. It's it's un-American not to like s'mores, right? It's just part there of the whole uh, thing. It's almost like being a in, Dallas uh, Cowboy fan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, uh, speaking about uh, uh, being American and non-American, uh, let's talk about uh, the team that plays in our nation's capital, uh, the, the Washington Redskins and uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I don't know, you know, what were your feelings about Haskins this preseason? Did you think that? He had an opportunity to be the starter from from day one. I mean, it's not you know. I mean, after what 
you know, I was looking at his stats from his first preseason game. Looks like he's got some, some work to do. Looks like he needs to get better at picking up the blitz. I mean, he threw two picks. That's eh, only one game, but uh, eight for 14, 117 yards. Could have been the Giants quarterback there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but you, you got to figure, you know, who's he throwing the ball to? But w- what do you think about uh, Dwayne Haskins? Uh, and do you think it's going to be a, at least a little while before we see him uh, as the uh, Redskins starting quarterback? I do think it's going to be a little while. I don't think he starts week one. They got a tough start to their schedule as well. A couple of really tight defenses. Look, the, the whole knock about Haskins has been since day one is that, you know, he can throw a nice ball. He's got good touch. He does all that well. But if you start getting pressure on him, if you start being around his feet, then he starts to lose his focus. He makes bad decisions. He hurries up and makes bad throws. And the fact of the matter is that right now their offensive line is in flux. Uh, They really needed – to get uh, Trent Williams back, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. He's swearing now that he just will not play for them anymore. And they go from Mm. Trent Williams at left tackle to Eric Flowers, somebody we know well from the Giants. And as a Giants fan, I can't lick my chops enough uh, for the the Redskins having Eric Flowers at left tackle. Now we get the beat on his ass, and I love that. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think we see him start – Right away, I absolutely I wouldn't be surprised if Colt McCoy is a starter for the first couple of games. Uh, you know, Case Keenum is what he is. I, I just think they like Colt McCoy a little bit better, so I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. But it could go the other way. Either way, I don't want a piece of that that quarterback group at this point. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have some issues with Haskins this year. I think he's going to have a rough start. Uh, to the season, maybe the whole season, just because of that aspect. I think too much. He's going to be seeing too much pressure, and I just not sure he's going to be able to make that kind of adjustment in year one. Yeah, it's going to be tough as well. Just like I said, I mean the uh, offensive pieces around him. I mean, uh, the, do you like anybody in terms of, of fantasy or from this team? I mean, uh, Trey Quinn getting a lot of love, uh, going to be playing out of the slot. You know, I could see maybe taking a flyer on him late. You know, yep. uh, Paul Richardson, he, he makes some acrobatic catches for the highlight reel. But, yeah, right? Uh, you know, Terry McLaren getting a little uh, a little love here and there. Josh Doxson basically first-round bust. You know, Jordan Reed, how many games is he going to play? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean uh, – not really much to work with here. <laughs> okay, a uh, couple things. Uh, I do like uh, Trey Quinn because he's been the only mm-hmm. wide receiver that's pretty much solidified his position. He's going to be the slot receiver. I expect him to get a lot of work with these quarterbacks uh, just because there's a lot of unknowns on the outside. Uh, I'm not worried about Doxon. I'm not worried about Richardson. Neither one has shown any tendency to do anything. Uh, so I mm-hmm. do. I have taken – a few flyers on Trey Quinn later. And I've also mm-hmm, taken mm-hmm. some flyers on Terry McLaurin. Um, and because I, the reason I've taken the shots on him is because he knows Haskins. They played together. And I think once Haskins does step on the field, that's going to become huge for him. Because he, he's, mm-hmm. if he's running for his life, he's going to want to go to the guy he feels comfortable throwing to. And that's going to be the guy he's been throwing to for a while. And that's McLaurin. So I do. I have taken right. some shots on him as well, uh, just for that aspect alone. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. And then the last one I'm going to take a chance on is Adrian Peterson. Get him late enough. You know, Geis seems to be healthy right now, but all the setbacks he had with the leg and the fact that once he got into camp, it flared up again. You know, he seems to be okay now, but for how long? And, you know, it still impresses me to this day that Adrian Peterson behind that ragtag group of offensive linemen working with a fourth-string quarterback with no starting wide receivers on the field, uh, tight ends that were totally ineffectual, the man still put up a 1,000 yards at age 34. That was, mm-hmm. to me, one of the most impressive feats of the entire year, maybe only behind Pat Mahomes and what he did. <laughs> I mean, you can't – this is a guy that, you know, was a stud in his day, but the year before it averaged, what, 2.2 yards per carry? And all of a sudden he steps into this team that's falling apart everywhere else and gets a thousand yards. I think that's huge. Yeah, uh, great point. Not only that, but 
He's motivated. I mean, he's got some uh, some some issues, some uh, some uh, financial issues. Yeah, he's okay, playing for his paycheck. He needs to. Be... <laughs> yeah, I, that I'm I didn't joking, know. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. No, no. I'm half joking about it, but the, the guy is is supposedly. I mean, I, I'm sure he's made millions <laughs> over his career, millions and millions. But uh, unfortunately. Uh, He's having some money issues, so I mean, he's playing for. Well, uh, just because you made millions doesn't mean you can keep millions. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I so mean, Geis you can look. It, uh, just wait. It, I equate this, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I equate this to lottery winners. You know how many lottery winners are busted, broke within a couple of years of having won a million dollar or more lottery? It's almost like seventy nine percent of them. Wow, Think about that. that Guy, people that have won <laughs> over a million dollars are almost 80% mm-hmm. sure to be dead broke in two to three years. So why not yeah. equate that to young football players? You know, they're mm-hmm. all of a sudden getting paid this huge money. Most of them, and I have to say it, and I'm not saying this about Peterson because I don't know, but most of them may not be the most intelligent people on the earth, and they're relying <laughs> on other people that are basically right. leeches. You know, right, like, right. oh, you got your favorite yeah, uncle all of a sudden giving you, get, you business. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. You, you, your favorite uncle is all of a sudden giving you great business advice, and you go on to lose half your money. So, you know, there's just right. a lot of that going on. But I think the this is one of the ways that the NFL is truly lacking, is teaching these young guys how to handle this sudden inrush of money. They should have – they should do a much better job of – you know, getting them in line on how to handle that, uh, showing them ways, giving them guys that, you know, can give them that input. And I think that's one of the areas where they're solely lacking. Look, I, I think of it this way. If, if I had ever gone to, on to play professional football and all of a sudden I'm making a million dollars, I would have been a freaking lunatic. I, I'm, I guarantee you, any off day, I would have been out there partying my ass up, surrounded by women, all kinds of, you know, booze and having a good old time all the time. Uh, so, you know, it, if I could do it, I'm sure there's plenty of others who can do it. And if you're doing it, there's a good chance you could lose a lot of that money. Right, right. Great point. Great point. Uh, yeah, I mean, easy come, easy go, right? <laughs> yeah, really. It, you know, a lot of times you don't even realize it's going until it's gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So uh, basically, I, I think we, we've exhausted uh, uh, Redskins' fantasy talk. I mean, uh, Jordan Reed uh, just can't stay on the field. I mean, just you know. I mean, well, he was healthy all last year. They just didn't use it much, and for some reason, he's got some kind of resurgence in fantasy because all of a sudden, I've seen people start to draft him again. I'm not sure if I'm willing to take that shot on him. Uh, too many times burned in the past. Well, definitely not as a tight end one. No. Um, yeah, and he played. Uh, he was played thirteen games, started eight last season. Uh, Fifty-four catches, five hundred fifty-eight yards. Uh, no, nothing terrible, but nothing that stands out yeah. either. Right, we have exactly. seen him stand out in the past. He's been one of those mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm. that could be a top five tight end, but just too many right. years burned now that I, I just can't invest in him at this point. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, talk about a, a guy who's kind of. Burned a lot of fantasy uh, players, and we'll switch gears a little bit. Yeah, Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon. Uh, you stick around late enough in some drafts. You know, he, he gets taken uh, basically uh, 18th round. And uh, so, I mean, uh, you hear like whispers that the, the Patriots think that maybe there is a chance that he gets uh, reinstated. I think he actually filed for reinstatement. He did. He? he absolutely did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you, uh, you want my thoughts on Josh Gordon? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, George? Yeah, well, uh, Joe, I keep not? doing why it. Not? I'm sorry, I'm buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now I talk right. to George every day, Monday through Friday, so it's kind of stuck in right, the back Right, right, right. Uh, so uh, funny, uh, here, I'm going to start off with, with these fun facts about Josh Gordon in 2018. And unfortunately, this didn't, these aren't coming from me. This is it, these are all coming from the great Evan Silva, um, formerly oh, of Roto yeah. World, who, you know, is one of the guys I listen to a lot. Uh, so if you're right. not, you really should be. But these are numbers that came one by from him. Yeah, absolutely. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. And now he has a, a new site that's just killing it, I believe. Um, so here it is. He led 
the Patriots in yards per target with 10.6 last year. He led the Patriots in yards per catch in 18.0. He was 14th out of 96 eligible wide receivers in yards per route run, which was 2.15. 7th out of 125 wide receivers in yards after catch per reception, which was 6.7. And Brady averaged 1.8 more yards per attempt and 3.5 more fantasy points per game in games where Gordon played. Absolutely, wow. New England wants Gordon back on the field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So let me ask you this. Uh, you know, so he files for reinstatement. Basically, uh, he didn't get suspended last year, right? Or, or, I mean, no, no, he didn't get suspended. Yeah. They, I, I think they all came to the agreement that he just needed more work. And he, you know, right, he right. went to take care of that. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can say a lot about the NFL, and I do. I gripe about him all the time. But they've actually done a good, good job with him trying to get him the right, you know, people to work with. And New England has done that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so he has people in his corner. Hopefully he can get past it. But, you know, he's going through so much grief because he likes to smoke marijuana. You know what? Mm-hmm. So many people in on this earth, in this country, love to smoke marijuana. It's healthy for them. It's a lot more healthy for players than it is taking all these other drugs with all these mystic, mm-hmm. you know, mystical uh, supposed powers that have all this junk inside them. You know, it's a lot right, more right. healthy for the body. So hopefully the NFL gets over this because it shouldn't be an issue. When <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're close. I think they're close, especially mm-hmm. with it becoming legal in so many more parts of the country every year. So I think they're going to have mm-hmm. to, and I hope we get to that point because at that point, Josh Gordon's good to go, um, and we don't have to worry about this crap anymore because when he's on the field, we know he's a great wide receiver. He's got all the tools. He, he can go up and get the ball with anybody. He can fly down the field. He runs good routes. He's got good hands. And when he's been on the field, he's produced. And as you saw last year, as he played more with Tom Brady, Tom Brady absolutely felt confident in being able to throw the ball out there and letting him go get it. And right now they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry, who's their rookie, has been bad in camp, hasn't had a good camp, and now he's dealing with an injury. So that's hurting him. Um, you know, they, they keep talking about, you know, Maurice Harris that they brought over in the offseason having a good camp and being a guy. And, you know, you can like Maurice Harris, but I can't think of him in that role. The guy who's been right. talked about, so much lately um, is the uh, man, his name just went out of my head. The other rookie, Jacoby Myers, who, you know, had a great preseason game again. Everybody's talking about him. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Everybody's talking about him. And look, this kid could make a name for himself. But if Gordon is on that field, Gordon and Edelman are the two guys I want because they'll be the most consistent producers. And I'm looking forward to it. I've taken quite a few shots on Gordon very late in drafts on the what-if factor. Mm-hmm. And I do that all the time. Right. And if it burns me again, it burns me again. I'll live with it. If he doesn't get reinstated, then he becomes waiver wire fodder and I pick up somebody else. It's not like you have to invest any draft capital to get him. Right. And with the wishy-washy uh, the way that the NFL handles their their players, uh, you know, punishments and suspensions and whatnot. Who knows? I mean, are they, basically, I mean, does he does he get like credit for time served based on the, the the mutual agreement from both sides that he needed to take time away from the NFL? Does he does he get a well? I'm sure suspension? he had a strict he had a strict regimen of things he had to follow. You know, he had meet people, things like that, all of that stuff. As long as he's done all that, they'll reinstate him. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, it's been uh, fun working with you for uh, these past three hours, talking fantasy. Uh, Jim Day on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, on the other side, we'll be talking uh, some, some gambling, weekend wagers. Uh, we got uh, George Kurtz and Camp Stewart on assignment. So you got uh, myself and Jim Day. Thank you to uh, Sean Angle for doing a great job producing this show. We'll see you on the other side. I'm going to go get my visor and cigar. There you go.